I'm Dr. Gene Hansen. For more than 25 years, I've been answering your financial questions on Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. This is Money Talks, providing honest, straightforward answers to your financial questions. This episode of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, March 17th, 2018. The only thing we have to fear... The economic health of this nation has been... ...for essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline... Greed. ...in the dollar... It's a late rally on Wall Street. Too big to fail. Growing the economy. Growing the economy. It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Money Talks. Money Talks. Well, good morning, good morning. This is Money Talks. I know I hit fade. So you got to, I haven't been here in two weeks. You know, you hit the wrong button or whatever. I, it hit, I hit fade. I hit it. It's new technology, man. All right, all right, all right, all right. It's live, right? It's live. Yeah. It's the mic it will. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, good morning. It's Money Talks, Atlanta's longest running. You guys know it already. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Most respected money Watch show on radio. radio. Come on. Got it. Nobody, can, go. nobody in town's been on longer. No, they might take us off after. After that, yeah, I know it's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. I just, we stumbled into this. I'm just going to stick to guest calling in on handy. So, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, well, we're we're talking about. I don't even know why this is a topic. Seriously, why are we going to talk about Bitcoin well, and mining? Like, it's not really mining, by the way. Well, mining is with a pickaxe and a shovel. That's yeah, right. But no, we're going to okay. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna spend a whole show talking about Bitcoin. I mean, well, we won't not do a whole that, show. but I'm we'll just playing. We'll do a segment. Yeah, well, look, I think it's because there's such a misunderstanding about it. It's certainly not something we're advocating. Well, I'm gonna be honest with you. You know, I it don't is, understand it. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to understand, so I, I'm with you. Well, you're the expert. I don't, I don't you're the resident Bitcoin expert. Hey, extraordinary. Just do a little reading from time to time. Why don't you tell everybody how smart you are and who you are? <laughs> they I know am. this is Dollar Bill. Dollar Bill is back. That's right. And we got Jarrett. Come on now. Jarrett McKenzie, yeah. CFP, CWS, just uh, financial planner, though. All that's just a just fancy way to say. Bitcoin extraordinaire. Financial. Yeah, planner. well, I'm working on that. That's another designation, but that's another, oh, is it? another show. I didn't know they had a crypto yeah. Don't, don't worry about it. Why well, worry they about will. It. Trust me. They oh, will. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> they want, there's going to be some organization that wants $300 a year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you can determine the fundamentals of mm-hmm. a cryptocurrency, yeah. which yeah. – Best I can tell, they're really difficult to determine if there are fundamentals. Mm-hmm. And then that would be T. Roy Harmon right there. Yeah, Troy right. Harmon. Yeah. All and day he's long. He's got a lot of designations, too. I got a couple. Uh, CFA, and uh, I'm a CFA's charter holder, as they would prefer me say. Can't use that as a noun, believe it or not. And then uh, CVA, Certified Valuation Analyst. I look at uh, business valuations from time to time of so uh, closely F- held companies. F, V, and a P upcoming, well, I, right? I, Is I, there a P coming? As our chief, as our chief, well, he's working on it. We're not allowed right. to. He's, I thought you were going to yeah. do my tax return this season. You said <laughs> no, I, He did say that. I will assure I, you I that actually, when I do your tax return, <laughs> you better get, a, you better be get a, somebody else to look a at A cold it. day in torment. <laughs> we'll just put it like that. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, I, I do not. I'm not in favor of taxes. Yeah, well, or, they're they're necessary. Or the that's why you're, you're going after it. Right? Hey, man, I, they are absolutely a necessity. They are a huge part of life. But um, well, maybe after you get it, you can explain this new tax code to me because I'm still trying to. Survive. There's a whole lot. There's well, whole I mean, for somebody who's got as many kids as you do, you're getting hosed. Yeah, well, those are the only parts I know. 
Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of other parts I haven't been able to concentrate on because yeah. I'm just trying to figure out where they're going to be costing me the most. Jared, is there but, a designation for having a, a baseball team worth of children? Man, if there is... I need, working on I it? need to I need to look out for it. You're, yeah. You're, I don't man, know. You're halfway. You got a basketball team yeah. already. Yeah, I'm working on it. You, you can know? field a basketball team. That's right. I mean, some of the <laughs> some of the smaller players are gonna be a very short forward. <laughs> but uh Well, you, you buy long term care insurance, I just have children that hopefully yeah, one will uh, take care of me. That's a very emerging markets thing for you to do. Yeah. Right. Well, and in the meantime, hopefully I can cut down on the laundry and dishes and cooking I got to do. So, yeah, There's a lot of a lot pretty of hard for the three week year old. I mean, the three the three <laughs> week old. Uh, Look, I'm breaking her in easy. I haven't got her on anything yet. <laughs> but he's gonna wait till right. she can stand. All right, let's let's now <laughs> we've lost we've lost the intent. Yeah, we've we lost digress. all of our audience. They're all going yeah. now. Sorry, guys. Hey, this is a show about the stock market. Let's talk about what it did this week. Uh, how about up? Point two eight percent. Last week we had uh, Jarrett's stand in. We'll call him KC Smith. That's right. Who said the market was going to be down? And then he tried to make some spin about how Jarrett was always saying down, mm-hmm. but he knew that nothing he ever said was going to come true. So yeah. He, and when I say it goes down, what does it do? Uh, it goes up. That's why I'm, I say that. I'm confused. Because I'm trying to keep thing. it moving in the right direction. All right. Utilities won big this week, uh, even with the market up a little bit, 0.28%, as I said. Uh, utilities were up almost 2%. Um, real estate, another interest rate-sensitive sector, 1.2% higher. Information technology, which you just cannot beat, is uh, up 1.09%. In the week, uh, there were some losers. Consumer staples down 175, uh, materials down 1.43, and telecom, which has had a horrible spate of things for a long time now, uh, down almost 1%. Uh, you look at year-to-date, the market is up again, point, uh, 2.7%. Information technology up 10.19%. Will technology ever Go down. It's hard to say. What, what, do you, what in the world do you think is going on between discretionary and staples? I mean, I, I would have expected that to be the complete opposite with discretionary being up for the year almost 7%, and then you got staples down by that much. I mean, yeah. it just, w- with everything with where the it turmoil is. that we've had. I mean, we got our first 10% plus decline uh, in the S&P 500 from the 26th of January down to February 8th. So it's the first time in a long time we've seen that 10% decline, uh, one of which we have, on average, about once a year. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, especially when things are under pressure, why in the world do consumer staples go down almost 7% while consumer discretionary is up almost mm-hmm. 7%? Well, uh, it, it is a weird time. Uh, the market has been fearful over inflation issues, and we did get some inflation information this week. We'll talk about it in a minute. But um, So when you start worrying about inflation, what are you worrying about? You're worrying about this long uh, recovery from recession that we've had since 2009 might be coming to an end. Um, you know, I'm not so worried about it. I know the fundamentals still seem pretty solid mm-hmm. uh, that uh, – Inflation number that I referred to earlier, uh, 1.9% in the core, 2.3 for the over uh, the, the headline number, which means you add back in 
Um, energy and food, which are very volatile, is the reason that most people strip them out. Right. Uh, you know, if you if you worry about those sorts of things, you would think that uh, you'd worry that the discretionary spending of the consumer would be lowered and that staples would mm-hmm. actually be bolstered. Staples. What are staples? Mm-hmm. We're talking about groceries, uh, things that you're going to buy no matter what the business cycle is. So right. whether you're in recession or otherwise, you're going to buy those things in staples. Uh, mostly groceries. Well, at first I thought it was a function maybe of, of where it had been trading at over the you know the last 12 months or so. But even when you look there, you're, you're still seeing staples in negative territory and yeah, consumer discretionary up 20%, which that's that's perfectly understandable given how good of a year it was last year and sure. things like that. But I don't know. I, I was just expecting to see something a little different here, you know, maybe year to date given what's happened and how inflated things seem to be. You'd, you'd think people would start being a little more defensive by Right. Well, I will tell you, Jared, most of the decline in consumer staples has come this year. Uh, last year, uh, eight of the, well, nine of the 11 sectors were actually positive on the year. Uh, I think it was real estate and telecom in 2017 that were real close to flat. If you look uh, over the past 12 months, uh, the S&P 500 is up 15%, information technology up 35.29%, consumer discretionary is up 2.7%. Telecom, again, as I said, down 9.5%. So, um, but you did have consumer staples down 3.4%. Well, you know, last year, and we talked about it at length, uh, the market was looking very expensive. It had uh, continued running, um, even when the valuations didn't make a whole lot of sense. At one point, we were 42% premium to the long-term average price-to-earnings ratio, which is what we look at pretty closely, one of the major fundamentals uh, in the uh, in the markets, one of the way that analysts such as myself look at uh, how the market is valued. You look at it today, uh, even though we're up 2.7%, uh, market valuation is still about 32% premium, uh, somewhere between 32 and 34% premium um, to its long-term average. So uh, we have seen it a whole lot worse. Uh, sure. But at the moment... Uh, Part of what's happened is uh, earnings have have caught up uh, a little bit. Uh, fourth quarter earnings, which were reported in the first quarter, obviously we're just on the tail end of that, uh, up 14.26% for the S&P 500 overall. Uh, some of the high spots, energy, which has got simple comps. Uh, you know, energy's been killed for a while now, 114% higher uh, in the fourth quarter relative to its 2016 fourth quarter. Wow. Um, the one that probably is the most impressive is information technology that's up 22.5%. Now, you know, we talked about it last year, information technology up over 38%, about 38.5%. Um, but a lot of it is this growth number, this uh, mm-hmm. this earnings growth that we're seeing. So you think it's justified, or is it trading yeah, at a substantial premium? It's not. I mean, it's it's trading actually right around, if not a little bit lower than the overall market. Really? Uh, according even, to price even after, earnings ratio. Yes, even after a 38% year in 2017. Wow. So, uh, you know, you look at the numbers and it doesn't look uh, doesn't look too terrible bad. You know, we didn't get to a whole lot of the information in our economy, but... Uh, Come back and do it. Yeah, we're uh, up against the brakes. So we'll, just, we'll take it. You're listening to Money Talk. Stick around. We'll be right back. Time for the Dog of the 
week. All right, T-Roy. I haven't been here in like three weeks. So. Yeah, you're going to actually love this one. Uh, this comes out of the Telegraph, a U.K. publication uh, headline. Voodoo dolls of bosses improve staff morale, the study finds. Oh, is that right? Can I sell them? It's the strange <laughs> I mean, I'll make them and yeah. as long as I can charge you $20 <laughs> for something I pay $5 for. That's right. I'm all in favor oh, of yeah. y'all sticking pins and voodoo dolls <laughs> dollar bill. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the, the the voodoo dolls that they've actually used in the study are electronic in nature, but uh, they actually do have some that you could sell. Uh, and what the study finds, they took uh, 229 workers in the U.S. and Canada and found that engaging in symbolic retaliation lowered feelings of injustice by about one-third of their original uh, emotion, I guess. So uh, as weird as it sounds, they found that a uh, simple and harmless symbolic act of retaliation can make people feel like they're getting even and restoring their sense of fairness. Uh, the good part is, if you're just doing this symbolic retaliation, uh, they say that it allows um, allows folks to, to restore their sense of justice in the workplace. And uh, again, you know, one-third decline in uh, in the feelings of, just how bad they hate their job, hate their boss, whatever it might be. But uh, said previous research suggested that people who feel they've been treated unfairly will lash out uh, at their abuser, but it can spark a spiral of retaliation and counter-retaliation, which is determined uh, or detrimental, rather, in the long run. All right, run. So, so we're going to move yeah. on from this, yeah. but Seems I'm like definitely going to get, I'm going to bring some dolls in, and I'm going to sell them. Bill, you don't mm. seem like you like this story at all. What's no. up, man? Some kind of HR violation, man. Just stay away from it. Oh, no, I don't have any, listen, I'm, Maybe, maybe HR is going to be the ones that are selling the dolls. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, if well, they come around and that's on people's fix morale desks. with a voodoo doll. All right, doll. Let's, 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 let's talk some serious finance for a minute. Serious right? finance. I'm glad you know that's in the UK. Yeah, let's do some... <laughs> that's seriously that's the kind of stuff you find across the pond. Well, hey, the study was done in the U.S. and Canada. It was reported in the U.K. Oh, okay. I wonder guys, why. Because nobody. <laughs> Come on now. All, All right, right. So let's talk about Bitcoin. All right. Well, I thought I, you well, said serious finance. Why I really do I don't, care? Well, well that's, that's uh, the only point. reason that any of us care is uh, part of it is because people are spending so much money or have in the past spent so much money. Uh, in buying Bitcoin last year, Bitcoin was up 1,300%. Uh, it was up significantly more than that, about 1,700% from the mm-hmm. first of the year through December 18th. Since December 18th, Bitcoin has lost over 60% of its value. Yeah, so, I mean, let's talk about that from an asset standpoint, because I think that's where a lot of this confusion comes in. I, the, the folks I hear talking about it are talking about it as if it is a true investment. Well, that's uh, how they couch it. It's yeah, an investment. Exactly. When, well, I've when, heard them talk about it as an asset class. Yeah, well, right. uh, you could probably make that argument in terms of a, a currency in general being an asset class, but the fact of the matter is that's what you're buying. You're buying a currency. And so, you know, much like which, you know, the, the euro and the yen and the pound and the peso and all these other currencies, are, are obviously a lot less volatile than a than a, a digital currency like Bitcoin is, but that's really what you're you're buying. You're buying a currency, and currency exchange, you know, digital currency aside, is extremely dangerous and something that most people would want to stay away from unless they just want to be purely speculative. Well, at the very least, it's difficult to understand exactly what drives the value in a currency. And right. basically, what it is is if if you've got 
uh, Let me just ask people this around the globe. Me, sure. I'm, I'm going to let you all get into the technical stuff, okay. but I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'm only a CFP. You guys are like... You know, Jared, got you a lot of other doll again. Got, no. got a lot of other stuff. <laughs> Let me. Okay, so unless you are willing to bet against the dollar versus the yen or the dollar versus the pound, blah 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 blah. Right. I don't know why anybody would want to do this. It makes no sense to me. Unless you are a currency trader, right? Which is what this is. I don't care what the technicians want to call it, what the college students want to call it, what everybody else wants to call it. Yep. You can't take a Bitcoin to Kroger and buy Jack. Until yeah. you can do that. Exactly. It's not really so, a currency. In my no, opinion. just like gold. Okay? I know. Everybody loves gold. That's fine. You can sleep with yeah. it. You can kiss it. You can hold it. Yeah, whatever. it's a hard asset. Okay. Right? So this is a – we can call this a techno asset. I don't know. But you can't go to Kroger with gold and buy anything. Yeah, and well, what's even probably a better point, Bill, and it's very similar in the one that you're making, you can't pay your taxes in Bitcoin. Right. And if I'm the sure IRS, you can't pay your taxes in gold either. Well, No, you can't, but if the IRS doesn't accept it as a currency, then, number one, you got a major issue. And I think, honestly, yeah. that's where The other all major these, issue is, is that this is, and I've, I've heard this a thousand times from a thousand different people. I made money on it. I don't have to pay taxes on it because there's a loophole. There's no, there's no loophole. There no, is no. The, the fact IRS, that they're not issuing you a 1099 does not mean you don't owe the money. That is correct. And so, the IRS has actually been going back and asking some of these coin wallets who their biggest clients are. And guess what's happening? They're giving it over. <laughs> and yeah, and what's going to happen? They're going to, I mean, in a I'm year just telling that, you right now, for all of you out there who made a gain on Bitcoin and thought you weren't going to have to pay taxes, that's not true. Right. Whoever told you that lied to you. That is absolutely a fact. Now, part of what they're hiding behind is, is one of the things that uh, a lot of these. Well, it didn't get reported to the IRS. Folks. I understand. Right. There's mm-hmm. no tax document, i.e., 1099, yeah. that was produced by these, whatever you just called it. Companies, coin wallet, coin yeah. wallet companies. I get that. I well, appreciate it's, it's that. It's not generating income, and if you don't sell it, which is very hard to do, right? These, there's no exchange for that. That's why you can't go to Kroger and use it. But I couldn't go to Kroger. I don't know about yours. Well, there are and, people selling and, it, turn it into yeah. real green dollars, yeah, which, right. by the three way, days. you can spend. Sure. Three days is the average. You want to exchange Bitcoin for dollars? It's going to take you at least three. Oh, days. I'm not saying that. And, so, and I want you to get into those technical yeah. scenarios. I'm just saying it's tax season, folks. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, if you leave off your trade, they're going to come knocking. Yep. Mm-hmm. If you were one of those folks that bought it on the first day of last year and sold it at its peak in uh, December, on December 18th, you still owe the government their tax. And Not just the federal government. No, state. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Nathan Deal's got to get his mm-hmm. money, too. Come on. That's right. <laughs> yep, no doubt. Well, and uh, that's, I mean, obviously, you had to have had the transaction where you mm-hmm. realized the gain. Just like you would in any other asset, just because you held it through that period, if you continue to hold it, um, obviously it's yeah. You don't know anything for that, yeah. Yeah. But uh, you know, if you if you traded Bitcoin all through last year, or Ethereum, or Litecoin, or Ripple, or you name it, (laughs) I mean, there's a load of them out there. Well, if I have dollars and I go to Hartsfield Jackson and I exchange it for euros because I'm going to Paris or wherever, and I get more. On the way back, by exchanging those euros for my dollar, technically, to, yeah, 
So that's that's again, it's the same thing. That's the thing is people talk about it and think about it as though it's an investment like what we would do with a stock or, or some other type of similar asset, but it's not. It's just money, and the only reason it's money is because people will accept it as a form of payment. That's why Bitcoin has this bad stigma because of what they call the Silk Road. It was a it was a website, really kind of the you talk about the dark net or whatever, sure. where they were selling drugs and using Bitcoin as forms of currency, and that's how it got into a lot of hot water and has really been given that bad stigma. Because of that, I don't really think think Bitcoin is going to be around long term. It's just there's been too much fraud around it for it to be successful. But I think this is more about cryptocurrencies in general, because that is going to be, without a doubt in my mind, something that we will so, contend with down the road. Uh, I know we got like two minutes here in this segment. We can come back and talk about this more. But sure. what is the difference? And I I, I'm going to say I understand. I get the concept of blockchain mm -hmm. somewhat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. But what is the difference between me using Apple Pay? And a cryptocurrency. There's not a whole lot of difference, frankly. But you don't have to exchange. There's no exchange because that's truly just a digital transaction where you're not going to go and there's no Apple Pay dollars that you're going to get a greenback for. Whereas Bitcoin is a separate currency, albeit a digital one, that technically you could go and exchange for dollars, much like you could euros and yens and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, but I'm looking out the Apple future. Pay. I'm looking out five years, right? Yeah. I mean, unless the federal government says you can use this as a currency, it's never a currency, which means you mm -hmm. still have to convert it to dollars or yen mm -hmm. or pounds sure. or whatever. Yeah. Okay? Mm -hmm. Which means it's not a currency. Right. All right. So what am I going to use it for? Well, you're gonna you're gonna continue to use it. Well, let's. It might let's not be a recognized currency, but it is a form of currency that people accept. People and can. It's no more of a currency than a credit card. Well, even, True enough. Yeah, because it is digital. So here's the thing: it, you're talking about a currency, whereas it is traded in dollars, right. meaning that it is something different. Um, but when you go and you buy uh, any good with a with a cryptocurrency. It, you have to first translate it into dollars because very few people will uh, list their prices. You don't well, that, see a that, price that list. That transaction right there makes it not a currency. Mm -hmm. I don't have to translate anything. If I have a pound and I'm in Europe, I can buy or in London, I can yeah. buy something. Well, but well, I don't have to convert no, it to anything. But can, can you go to Kroger and use that same pound? In, in London? No, well, that's what I'm saying here. There are places where you can do that with Bitcoin, just like there are places across seas. There is true. Where you yeah. can use your Where can you use a Bitcoin in this country? Uh, you can buy, there's certain pizza well, places in it. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they they still, their price list is still shown in dollars, no doubt. You can You can pay your rent in some places with Bitcoin. In the United States of America? In the United States of America, yep. There are places that well, will accept it. I'll we'll come back. Correct. Let's come back to this. I want to hear more about this. All right. Because <laughs> this is where, right here, this song right here, is where I feel yes. like this is going. Bring it. You're listening to Money Talks. Don't touch that dial. Every day I'm shuffling. Broadcasting from atop the Hensler Financial Building in the heart of Georgia's financial district, Kennesaw, Georgia. This is Money Talks. Troy, get away from the edge. We're back. <laughs> it's Money Talks. I'm Bill Laco with Troy Harmon, Jarrett McKenzie, and we're here yelling at each other about Bitcoin. Like, <laughs> yeah. Something that none of us really <laughs> know anything big, about. Big supporters of, but oh, yeah. it right, still so draws some emotion. So let's take the word Bitcoin out yes. of the conversation. Let's talk cryptocurrency. 
which, as I understand, blockchain and whatever, whatever, mm-hmm. and I don't, I'm, you can put on the head of a needle how much I understand about this stuff. <laughs> right. But in effect, it it's supposed to be something that's anonymous, mm-hmm. something that theoretically can't get hacked. Yeah. Well, the blockchain, yes, because the blockchain, in essence, is a network of thousands of computers so there's no centralized location in which all this data and information is stored so transaction data right? yeah exactly yeah and so th- there's really not a way to hack into it like there might be with a bank and let's say obviously they got their server somewhere and they're keeping all this transaction data in one place and so you are extremely susceptible to hacking as a result of that, where that does not exist with the blockchain and is why you're starting to see some of these companies like J.P. Morgan do things with the blockchain because they're seeing that benefit. And one of the things that... But at some stage of the game, they still have to have a some way to access the data. Yeah, and they do. They do. They're, but they it's in that, they can throughout that network. <laughs> they can see it. Yeah. Well, but it because, can't be changed. It's got to be, in order for the transaction to be recorded in the blockchain, it has to be verified by other users. So basically it's it's kind of the concept of you're not going to have fraud if you have to have collusion or, or you cut down on the possibility of fraud if you cut down on the possibility of collusion, meaning more than one person sure. being implicit in the crime. Uh, and that's, that's precisely the basis uh, for blockchain. And, uh, you know, financial industry is welcoming blockchain with open arms, although they're still, in most cases, skeptical about uh, about the notion of cryptocurrencies. Uh, you know, we could go into this all day, but the fact is, one of the reasons, and Jared, you've already talked about the Silk Road, uh, one of the reasons that technology enjoys these cryptos, especially Bitcoin, is because you do have the ability for anonymous transactions. So nobody knows who's on either end of the transaction, although right. the transaction details are recorded in the blockchain and cannot be mm-hmm. distorted. So, um, you know, when when you have that, obviously regulators in the United States are not for that. I mean, think about yeah. what they've done re- even recently. With uh, offshore bank accounts, Swiss accounts that uh, used to be that you could have a Swiss account and nobody would ever know the details. Well, our government continued to put pressure on the Swiss and the banking industry. And before you know it, everybody was given up. So uh, right. the old deal where you could have assets, hold off, hold assets offshore and you wouldn't be uh, taxed on them. That's that's something gone. Uh, and I really believe the reason that uh, that. The regulators are at odds with mm-hmm. some of these cryptocurrencies. The IRS will tell you that it's too volatile to be a currency. Uh, but the reality is other regulators do not appreciate the fact that you can have these anonymous transactions. They want to know who's doing what and when and why. I mean, we go through training every year, multiple times a year, uh, to be able to identify mm-hmm. money laundering and those sorts of things yeah. here within our firm. And uh, you know that's that's one of the the downfalls. Until you get it, you get uh, these currencies that can be uh, better regulated. I think we're going to yeah. have the and, possibility and of the government coming in and squashing the whole yeah. the, party. The development around it all is extremely important. I mean, you think about how how might it have been hundreds of years ago when they stopped using gold and moved to the dollar, and and what else? do we use today that we used hundreds of years ago for the exact same thing? 
that's that's what they're saying. Just like medicine and technology, this has been developed to make life much easier, much safer from a hacking standpoint. Why in the world would we not use the technology for digital currency when, you know, as long it, as we're defining it, what it really is, it's still a dollar. Bill, sure. That's the only way. Well, it's not a Bitcoin. And I think that's it's the way. It's a dollar. Mm-hmm. That's so a, you might be able to find some way to digitally stop somebody from stealing your checking account information or whatever, but it's still going to be translated into dollars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bill, it's got to be an exchange. At the heart of your argument, I believe, is one of the things that I have still not become convinced of, and and that is we can have electronic transactions in dollars. No money has to change hands. You just talked about credit cards and how is this different Mm -hmm. than a credit card. In my opinion, how is it different than a credit card? Now, there are some things that the the Bitcoin uh, group would tell you. You know, when you have transactions that you could say we have a flex spending plan where dollars are all supposed to go toward health care items. Uh, it's incumbent upon us to make sure that we turn the receipts in and everybody really spent something on their on their flex spending mm-hmm. uh, that is healthcare wise. Mm-hmm. You could actually code Bitcoin these these um, electronic currencies mm-hmm. so that they can only be spent on healthcare. So then you don't have to to uh, monitor it so closely. Some of those things, it's I mean, still they make be denominated sense. in a dollar. Well, right now, if you look at what's going on, yeah, absolutely. And and let's talk a little more about how dollars change value. I mean, we talk about a weak dollar, talk about a strong dollar. Well, the way this all works, there are fundamentals. Uh, and basically, the dollar is backed by the full faith and credit of the government that issues it, just like every other currency that is issued by Which a government. Which is ultimately backed by the full faith and taxing credit of its population. Right. And, you know, the difference between right? the Bitcoin and the dollar, the dollar has a whole lot of battleships and well, ICBMs well, and all these about, other let's, things. Let's, let's take Bitcoin out for a minute. Let's just talk about currency. Yeah. Okay. So at its basic core, Troy, and you correct me if I'm wrong, dollar goes down. It's good for our People who manufacture here and ship abroad. That's correct. Why? Because our goods are cheaper over there. Right. Because you're converting a currency over there into dollars that is now cheaper against that currency, which means you get more dollars. Right. Fair enough? Yep. Reverse that. Dollar goes up. It's generally bad for the people who export, but good for imports. Why? Because I can convert. Because the people buying the China goods have to pay Mm -hmm. them in yuan. Sure. Or whatever mm-hmm. it's called. Right. Yeah. Yuan, Remembi, they've right. got two mm-hmm. different names, okay. but you're right. So I, I'm going to be getting more for that, so I'm going to buy more of that. Fair? Right. All right. Now you talk about the fact that everybody you talk to says we've got to have a strong dollar. But that, to me, is more about stability within the government and the country and us being the reserve currency. Right. So why does that matter? Because people park their capital here. Right. They take their money from abroad and they buy dollars with it, whether it's via U.S. Treasuries or however you want to look at it, they buy dollars. Right. Okay? Well, they don't want to put their $100 trillion over here and worry about the dollar declining 40%. Right. Makes so, their It makes their their investment decline. Correct. So they want terms. to know that you're stable and strong and so forth. Right. So, But to your point, a large reason why we are, it's because we have those little submarines that pop up out of the ocean sure. <laughs> that can blow pretty much anybody off the map that we want. Yeah. Right. 
There's that's a lot of stability what, with the dollar. There's a lot of sure. stability. There's none Well, with these the other thing is there's why. there's uh, financial markets. The United States has the most stable financial markets in the in the world. Um, you know, you can't even you talked about the yuan. Uh, can a U.S. citizen go over in China and invest directly in most of their goods? Uh, you can get indirect investment, but their their financial system is not built out to the level that ours is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you think about this in terms of, Jarrett, you said it a minute ago, supply and demand. What makes a currency worth more? Well, you know, excess demand. Mm-hmm. Well, in 2017, demand for Bitcoin was great. Think about why. Uh, why? I really think people were driving down the road in their rearview mirror. They were looking, wow, look, this well, thing it, went up 5% or 10% or 40% last week. And before you know it, it just like when you're driving using mm-hmm. your rearview mirror, the thing is crashing now. Right. Well, and it's, it's sort of an alternative, right? I mean, it's not. It's definitely not gold. It's it not is. a safe haven for the dollar. Right. But it is, it is an alternative and one in which, I mean, a lot of people, I don't think that, that you know, the currency itself is something um, Bitcoin. That is, is something right. is something that uh, we've got to worry about taking over anything in the near future. But right. so I know we spent it, we spent two segments on this. Mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I, I couldn't tell that you guys would go out and buy Bitcoin. Is that what I'm hearing? I am not an owner of Bitcoin, and I don't look to be anytime soon. Okay, so not, here's look. the thing: I look at it as a speculation. <laughs> to Jarrett's last point, I think. Uh, cryptocurrencies could become something in the future, could become viable, could mm-hmm. become transactionable. Mm-hmm. They're not right now. And I think if you're going to insist on speculating in currency, in cryptocurrencies, I think you probably should buy across the board. I'm not telling you to do it, but if you're going to do it, if you're going to insist yeah. and blow through our uh, advice not to yeah. do it, then buy a few. Well, listen, them. if you don't hear anything else, don't buy it for a return. That is not what this is about. That is not, as as Dr. Gene has said many times, I've heard Bill and Troy say it as well, that currency is not going to generate any revenue. It's not going to pay you any dividends. It's not going to do anything for you other than fluctuate based on the supply and demand that Troy just mentioned. So yep. if you want to buy it to hold it because you think that it's going to take hold and maybe gain value in the future, fine. But there is no way you should be buying this for hopes of a return. Yeah. Uh, and surely don't put it in your retirement account. Please. That's right. Please. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, so All that's, right. that's kind of our take. We're going to stop here. We, we have to make a profit. There you go. It's the money show. <laughs> Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. This country, you've got to make the money first. Then when you get the money, you get the power. Then when you get the power, then you get the woman. This is Money Talks. Money, money, money. We're back. It's Money Talks. I'm Bill Laco with Jarrett McKenzie and Troy Harmon. And uh, we were ranting and raving about Bitcoin so much, I didn't give out phone numbers. So if you want to reach us during the week, 770-429-9166. That's 770-429-9166. You can email us at drgene at hensler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N. S-S-L-E-R dot com. Uh, you want to take some questions? Yeah, let's do that. Sure. Uh, you want to do the 
Let's do uh, Alan. Or what do you want? Yeah, Alan from Atlanta. Right. You can do that here. Yeah, sure. So Alan from Atlanta says, I'm turning 64 this month and plan on retiring in one year. My wife and I are planning to sell our house and move to the Florida panhandle. I have some of my investments in bonds. Is that where I need to keep it for living expenses, or should I separate that from my portfolio? Well, Alan, uh, I would say, first off, that the money that you need for living expenses certainly should be kept separate uh, from your portfolio if the majority of that portfolio is invested in the stock market. Uh, that is part of our 10-year rule you may have heard us talk about many times on the show uh, and something that would apply well here. Uh, we certainly wouldn't want to see any of your living expenses uh, tied up in the stock market, primarily just because, you know. It's too volatile. Exactly. We wouldn't want it to Prices be. Prices go up, they go down. Right. Yeah, two thousand eight. Two thousand eight's come along, and and you need money to live off of, and you got to sell your stocks for, you know, fifty cents on the dollar. That's just not a good place to be. So, you know, as far as living expenses go, I, I would say keep it separate. But you know, we do ladder out fixed income, be it bonds, CDs, etc., uh, to help cover certain expenses like that, at least ones that are foreseeable. And so, you know, if that's kind of how you've got things structured right now, I'd say that uh, that's a pretty good way to do it, and and is consistent with how. You know, we might advise you, uh, but I don't know if you guys have anything. Jared, to add help to me that. out now. It's a little more complicated than that. Uh, you got to have <laughs> a financial plan. I mean, in order for oh, yeah. you to be running the ten-year rule specifically, you got to have a financial plan. You got to know how much uh, you spent last year and the year before and previous right. years, and and then you forecast forward how much you expect to spend. And mm-hmm. things go into that equation like inflation, mm-hmm. um, any kind of special spending that you might have on the horizon, like yeah, you're going to buy I, a car. I, I, you, you are 100% correct, Troy. But but here's what I would say to people is that because I've, I've just literally ran three of them this week that were one-time. Mm-hmm. People just wanted to come in and get a checkup, sure. one-time plan. And it's the questions that somebody who's done it one million times ask you that draws out the future spending sure because most of the time you think most people think whatever's happened in the last six months is how life's going to be forever that's just the psychology of how this works well that's not what happens because you got to transition you know depending on how old you are you know health issues long-term care there's just things you need to consider right and in in a couple of these cases people were retiring before medicare so in other words they're going to retire before they could get Medicare, right? Well, they weren't factoring in the cost of healthcare. health care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, one of them is is even now rethinking. Maybe I should just stay on. Maybe I should take a different role and stay on to keep the benefits for the next right. three years because you know that thousand dollars a month. Yeah. That whoa, mm-hmm. I'm only paying two hundred fifty or three hundred now. Right. Is a big number. Yeah. No and doubt. It has to be factored into that, and a lot of times people don't think through. Every little thing, because most people don't like to be on a budget. Mm-hmm. And it's the change in life that actually is. Is, is where the questions come, where it becomes more important, without a doubt, as you said, Bill. Uh, but but the point is, once you get all those details, once you think of all those questions and, and how they should be answered, then you can actually say, okay, I need however much, $100,000 in 2019. Yeah, it's not any more complicated than what you're It's a math problem right. from there, right? right. You, you either you, have positive or negative cash flow. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then you set aside for the next 10 years bonds, not bond funds, and there's a reason why that is, because bond funds tend to fluctuate in price, and there is no maturity value mm-hmm. in a bond fund, meaning that the day you sell it, who knows what it's going to be worth. 
But if you buy bonds and you hold them to maturity, we know unless the company, back. yeah, unless the company should bankrupt, and we always say, you you buy either high grade corporate bonds or you buy treasuries or municipal bonds, mm-hmm. just depending on your situation. But we'd rather see you buy a bond, yeah, so that you know, especially for financial planning's sake, you know what your cash flows are going to be, mm-hmm. unless Lord forbid you see a default in that bond. So right. they just you want know. the highest quality, right? When you're right. protecting against expenses. Yeah, like that's that. why we usually buy the boring stuff, you know? <laughs> right. Well, double, really a, double A or triple A rated munis, if it's mm-hmm. in a taxable portfolio and you're in the right tax bracket. Otherwise, right. it's treasuries and CDs. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's there is no reason to take more risk in yeah. anything financial than you should. Definitely. None whatsoever. Right. Ever. Well, so, particularly if you do have happen to have enough, you're one of these people that can see from the financial plan you have in place that you have enough to last you the rest of your life. I can't tell you how many times I tell people, why would you take on more risk than you know you need to right. based on what this plan shows you? Of course we want you to have a 20% return. I hope you can get that with what it's there for. But at the end of the day, why would you chase that and take on more risk when you don't need to? Well, absolutely. And let's define that because I think, again, this is where having a trusted advisor is somebody that you – Trust their opinions um, would would be able to help ferret this out for you. So, and when you say more risk, let let me. I'll just ask you the question. You're about to retire. Well, I can promise you, by six months to a year into retirement, you ain't going back to work. Not back to the same job you had. Right. Mm-hmm. So the risk is, oh, I I blew up my portfolio, and right. now. You know, there are a lot of people who face that in '08 and '09, sure. and even parts of 2010. Uh, you know, even today, some people are still dealing with the bankruptcies and everything that went on. Right. So d- you're 100% correct. You know, uh, uh, look, at, 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 at my stage of life at 48, uh, you know, if I want to roll the dice, I'll roll the dice. But reality-wise is I don't. I eat the same cooking that I sell to clients right. because I actually believe in what we do. And quite honestly, I work too doggone hard, especially this time of year. By the way, today, March 15th, is a tax filing deadline so we've gone through one Corpus. tax season we still got one more to go that's right another month <laughs> one more month so i mean you know what i mean at some point you worked your whole life raised your family did whatever you did created your wealth it does require you to look at it differently yeah mm-hmm. and, and at 48 you've been at this 30 years well, uh, more or less mm-hmm. i mean right yeah, well. Here, 25. Yeah, but what I'm saying is you've been working toward oh, yeah, where, who you are today. Oh, yeah. your, your working life has yep. been approximately 30 years, yep. and you know that your investment horizon mm-hmm. between now and when you don't need money anymore, which is kind of morbid, but it's death, right? Right. Is, you know, it's probably that much longer, but your working portion of your life is much shorter than when you started, probably. That's true enough. You know, are you going to be working at 78? You very well could be. A lot of folks do. But the, if you just think about the there's average no way I retirement work, age. There's no way I could work the way I'm working today at 78. Right. Mm-hmm. I, my, my, my best guess watching clients and dealing with this for so many years now, 70 is probably the max where you could go. Yeah. I mean, even then, I'm not sure you could go at the pace we go at today. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, to some degree, a lot of this stuff is just a young man's game or young woman's game. It's not... It has nothing to do with, I mean, I feel it already. I mean, I'm almost right. 50 and you start to feel it, you know, and I, I know talking to Gene along the way, you start, you know, you start to slow down. Right. Things just don't move as fast as they used to. And that is what you are facing as you are coming into, okay, I'm having a life change now. And which is really why we recommend you come see us way before a year mm-hmm. yeah. before retirement. I mean, oh, I yeah. prefer to see you 10 years before retirement, sure. but 
You know, five is a good number too. Yeah. But you know, there's not a lot you could do for somebody. It's like somebody coming in today and saying, "Help me with my 2017 taxes." Well, I'll help you fill out the forms. <laughs> yeah. But there's not a whole lot I can do for yeah. deductions. Man, 2017 is gone. Yeah. yeah. Anything you could have done, it's yeah. passed by now. Well, and we got one minute left, and I, you know, I want to stress that 2018 is a whole new ball game, folks. It is. The tax. I mean, you've heard me preaching about this, and. You have to see your CPA. You have to. Now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See them now. When you're getting your your 2017 taxes filed, talk to them about 2018. Right. Don't don't delay that conversation. It's very important this year to make sure that you plan ahead. It's going to be Mm -hmm. eye-opening. Yeah. The rules have totally changed. Yeah. And you know what? I've been telling a lot of clients, too, and I can't speak. I'm not saying this from personal experience, but in seeing what they go through to Bill's point, you got to put yourself in that place to where you're no longer getting that check because that's someone's security. And then all of a sudden you go from that accumulation phase to this distribution phase. And, man, everything about that is different, and it changes your mentality, which I think is something a lot of people just don't think about prior to actually being in that position. Yeah, one of the other things they don't think about much is the fact that quite often, more than – 40% 40% of the time, people don't get to pick their retirement age. That's Quite true. often, they are yeah. retired, yeah. meaning right. they didn't have a say in it. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. All right, listen, it's been a slice of heaven. We'll see you next week. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.